Do you have sensitive skin, suffer from razor burn, or are just looking to enhance your boring shave experience? Try Light Grandpa Pre-Shave Oil in cedar, lime, and eucalyptus. Developed to lubricate and moisturize your skin so you can start enjoying your shave again. Here at Light Grandpa, we make handmade shave products like Grandpa always used. Visit us at www.lightgrandpa.com or Light Grandpa LTD on Etsy or connect with us on social media at Light Grandpa on Twitter and Instagram or Light Grandpa on Facebook. Thank you. Everybody, uh, we are Pratt Outdoors, and thanks for joining us today for our inaugural podcast, our first ever, our toe in the proverbial water, if you will. Um, hopefully, you're coming to us from our, uh, our our website following, which is prattoutdoors.com. That is P-R-A-T-T outdoors.com, where we talk about well all of our shenanigans in the wild. Uh, I am Ken, and beside me is... Hey, I'm Bill. And uh, we are Pratt Outdoors, and we figured today, uh, since it is our first podcast, we're going to go ahead and uh, just introduce you to us. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll start by uh, interviewing the, the founder and extraordinary Bill Pratt, who came up with the uh, the, the brand, the, the legend, the, the website. Um, a quick intro... Bill is the man. He is the technical expert behind Pratt Outdoors, but beyond that, he is an absolute amazing wild game chef, a connoisseur of smoked meats, and probably the best smoker I know around. Uh, Quite the hunter, backpacker, and uh, really excels at, at fishing above all of them. So uh, he's taught me a lot about car camping and a few other things. And uh, without further ado, uh, we're going to get into asking Bill some tough questions. So how are you doing today, Bill? Good, man. Thanks for all that. Uh, now, I got to say I'm pumped. Uh, we've been you know, playing around with this idea for a little bit. So yeah, I'm excited to explore this venue and you know, see how it goes. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, blogging is one thing, but it, it's kind of nice to sit and BS about uh, everything that we do and kind of connect with uh, people a little bit more personally, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so, Bill, how did you really get your start in the outdoors? You know, I, I assume that you probably started as a kid doing something or other, but uh, tell the viewers how you kind of progressed to where you are today. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's, you know, I don't think it's that unique of a story, at least in, like, geographically you know we spent i'm from edmonton uh, you are as well and uh you know it's sort of this northern alberta archetype i guess you know everyone's everyone's got the you know uncle who's does nothing but hunting and fishing and um you know the mountains are so close everyone's taking a trip up there you know spend a few nights in their tent so you know i think it's you know everyone around here is sort of um at least uh if not involved in the lifestyle as it is they're you know they're immediately adjacent to it right so um yeah you know grow up hunting fishing that sort of thing so uh it's it's not easy it's not it's not that hard for it to stick to you you know people people like getting outdoors so you know once you get older get a bit more means means to you 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 want to explore what you like so 
that's sort of where we are now. So as a kid, you know, you started camping, hunting. How did you kind of progress into uh, into your your for your fortes, if you will, your your fly fishing and your backpacking and uh, and the rest? Because some of those aren't quite as easy to get into. So, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I want to start with saying that I'm not I wouldn't call myself an expert in any <laughs> any of this kind of stuff but you know I guess and uh, nobody nobody really starts off that way so um yeah I mean I'm really into the 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 fly fishing um you know like I said before you know everyone's everyone's gone fishing that sort of thing and to me it seems like fly fishing's much more uh you know it's a bit more technical you know the barrier to entry is a bit bit steeper you know you need you need uh, you need specialized gear and knowledge and um, you know if you if you just uh, uh, take your kit and and try and wing it you know you're not gonna you're not gonna end up too successful I guess so um, you know every, each little aspect of it you know you got to learn you got to learn the casting techniques that's tricky you got to learn uh, your gear so I guess uh, developing those skill sets is you know something that I took an interest to so yeah right on right on and uh and, and how about about your backpacking that how how did you get into backpacking or how did you how did you go from your typical let's call it northern Alberta camping to to backcountry exploring uh yeah I mean I got uh I got dragged into uh, backpacking you know um, I think that was by me. <laughs> I, I think I was the one who dragged you in. But. <laughs> Certainly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, uh, until we started, you know, um, climbing around the mountains and stuff like that, that's not really, uh, not something I took super seriously, I guess. Um, it, it just kind of seemed like, oh, yeah, we'd go hiking every now and then, but, you know, it was never, never something you put a lot of your time and effort into, you know, uh, planning and developing and and uh, getting better at it, I guess. So, um, but uh, you know, when we first when we first started planning out those trips, it kind of it was kind of an amalgamation, right? You were you were sort of the the, the backcountry hiking guy, and I was like, you know, that sounds fun. I want to do that. You know, it sounds sweet to go climb a mountain, but uh, you know, what are we gonna? You, you just climb it. That's it, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's hard to, to think beyond the the hike, eh? Yeah. So like you know, especially our first our first trips that me and you went on, were we're focused on yeah, let's go let's go climb somewhere, but you know let's let's pick somewhere we could do some fishing because I like going fishing, right? So, um, sort of a trade off there. Picked up our picked up fly fishing and and. Uh, backpacking sort of simultaneously right on right on um what would you say some of your best moments in in the backcountry have been in the last let's say let's couple years so people can kind of start to to get to know your shenanigans (laughs) oh man that you know it's funny because some of the best moments are going to be the worst moments right I completely agree. It, it's usually not until uh, you get back from a trip that you realize a low is actually kind of a high. But sorry, keep continue. 
Yeah, I mean, what you know, what comes to mind is was I last year or year before when we were up in Michelle's Lake. So this is in the Alberta Alpine, I guess, and uh, we'd spent we'd spent the better part of the day climbing uh, up to Michelle's Lake, which is uh, you know a lake up in Alpine, and uh, you know it's funny we're this is in the middle of uh, the summertime, so you know, when you leave the truck and you, and you start at the trailhead, it's, you know, 25 degrees and sunny out and you got to put your sunscreen on. Um, but you know, 12 hours later and we're at 8,000 feet of elevation and the weather starts changing and it goes from 25 and sunny to overcast and, uh, and, you know, raining and sleeting and snowing on you. Uh, it, it can be a test, especially if that's the first time you're experiencing something like that. So, you know, those hairy moments are kind of, they suck at the time, but, you know, that, that that's the good part, looking back on it. So getting through those sort of experiences, I'd say that's that's the best. Right on. I, I, <clears throat> I still remember when uh, we did one of our first trips to Allstone Lake. Uh, again, it's in that same... Uh, west of Nordic before the Icefield Parkway, if uh, anyone's familiar with Alberta. Um, I remember this is one of our shorter trips, and I think it was your second trip ever that uh, we took into the backcountry. And for some reason, Bill was the only person to catch fish. There's three of us sitting there fishing the shoreline of this lake, and Bill is just pulling out fish like it's cards out of a hat. The rest of us were trying for hours, losing lures, getting wet, hooking into trees, and Bill is just out there in his gaunch in the middle of the lake, pulling out all of these these lake trout and, and cutties or whatever, and uh, we ended up eating pretty good, but uh, I was I would say that that was one of the the highlights of, of your alpine fishing in the backcountry. Yeah, 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 man, I forgot about that. I think it's easy to forget because we're especially recently we've been mired by uh, a lot of unsuccessful fishing trips <laughs> yeah it so. seems like we've gotten skunked more than uh, we've gotten lucky lately yeah yeah we should maybe pick up a fly fishing podcast or something or... yeah start listening <laughs> to some of the other ones out there uh, if any of you guys out there have any good fly fishing podcasts that you listen to uh let us know because we could probably use the help um <laughs> To switch gears a little bit, uh, what what got you uh, to start Proud Outdoors? Like, what was your motivation? What were you hoping to do with this whole website and blog and, and the like? Oh, man. You know, there wasn't... Here's the thing. I don't think that there was ever a, uh, a hard launch of Proud Outdoors, you know? It was kind of uh, something that just sort of seeped into its own existence. Uh, for better or worse, probably for worse, but... Um, I don't know. I guess I've uh, I'm interested in you know the technical aspects of stuff. So um, I was playing around with building websites and and monkeying around with you know the content and and uh, the computer side of stuff. So just you know sort of a polar opposite of the whole you know get outside hiking, hunting, fishing type stuff. So I suppose there's a bit of a bit of a niche there that we we're trying to capitalize on. I don't know how. Uh, how much we're into that so yeah i guess it just sort of uh started as an experiment and here we are here right on well it's been fun so far 
Yeah. <laughs> it, any any big goals going forward or anything you're you're hoping to achieve with this or just hoping to kind of chat with people and see who's all into this stuff in in Alberta or Yeah, you know it's um starting out it was just kind of throwing stuff at the wall see what would stick, but um now that we've picked up a bit of steam and you know people are giving us a lot of positive feedback, um what's really exciting for me is um, engaging with people that are interested you know it feels really good to put something out there and have uh, people respond to it so yeah I guess the whole social aspect is really attractive to me so um, exploring a bit more of that and uh, you know it's keeping me honest too you know the more people are reading the more people that are uh, engaging uh, it really prompts me to uh, you know think about what we're doing and think about what else we can put out what you know what can we do better what else can we what else can we do? What what else can we uh, develop? So, so I've recently heard that you got kicked off the outdoor forums. <laughs> can you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess you know this. It's the funny thing, right? Because you know you try and keep yourself honest, right? You're putting you're putting this outdoor content out there, which is fun. But you know when it's out there, you you want you want it to take off, right? So you're you're kind of in this intermediary. Um, spot where you want to be a part of the community at the same time you're kind of interjecting your own content into there so um yeah I don't know how poorly we should talk about that (laughs) but uh yeah at the end of the day uh we got kicked off the outdoor forum for uh promoting our blog which unfortunately they they saw as a business which uh i'll say right now we do not make any money at this whatsoever (laughs) we're just hoping to get some stuff out there so people can listen but uh for sure yeah if anyone's profiting i'd be the first to know (laughs) yeah i i I didn't get any profits lately (laughs) or ever but uh uh no not to speak ill of the outdoor forum Uh, the outdoor forum is uh, a pretty cool site for anybody in alberta looking to uh just talk with people and gain some knowledge from other people and and figure out what's out there. So definitely check it out. I believe that's what albertaoutdoorforum.com or yeah, alberta outdoors or outdoorsman. Yeah, I don't know. We should maybe prepare some of this. Yeah, uh, <laughs> maybe check the show notes. So uh, we'll we'll put something in there for that. But yeah, check it out. They're a pretty cool community if uh, if you're just getting started in this stuff. For sure, and you know, I think it, I'm I'm certain it's more of a miscommunication than anything. But uh, yeah, it's and, and it's awesome to see, um, you know, that like it's super active. So you know, uh, we'll we'll be making a, a second attempt at that. I think so. Yeah, a comeback, if you will. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else you want to let our our readers readers our uh, listeners know there, Bill? No, I mean, just uh, like I say, we're, um, it's, it's not really a chore for us right now. I'm having a lot of fun uh, doing this. So if you've got any questions or anything, uh, definitely let us know. we got uh, nothing but time to, to sort, sort this kind of stuff out. So, yeah, I'm really, hap- really happy with uh, the direction it's taking. So, uh, yeah, so let me, let me take the chance to turn the tables a little bit here. So... My uh, partner and co-founder Kenny, uh, why don't you give us your give us your introduction here? What's your what's your story? Oh, my elevator pitch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess first and foremost, I'm a backpacker. 
and uh, Bill has converted me to fly fisherman and hunter. And uh, really, at the end of the day, I'm just a, an avid outdoorsman. So um, I guess where it all started was very similar to Bill. When, uh, when you're in Alberta, you have no, no excuse but to be outdoors. Uh, but rather than Bill having that uncle and, and grandpa that hunted and fished, fished and this and that, a lot of my family was out in Saskatchewan. So it was kind of just uh, me me and my immediate family doing outdoorsy things. And we had the cottage at the lake and, you know, canoeing and spin casting from the dock and chopping wood and being outdoorsy, but nothing really too crazy, you know, cottage life, trailer camping, a little bit of car camping here and there. Uh, it wasn't until, uh, I don't know, I'd say just after college I was working and uh, a guy I worked with all of a sudden organized this backpacking trip and he's like hey you should come with and i was like backpacking what you're gonna walk into the woods and just <laughs> sleep under a tree like where's the fun in that so uh I, I reluctantly signed up and went and it absolutely blew my mind it was the most fun we've uh, i've ever had in the outdoors at that point it was like heroin it was just once once you started you couldn't stop not that i've done heroin but uh what the internet tells me it uh it's pretty addictive <laughs> so uh, uh, our first trip was Pinto Lake, uh, again, in that Nordag area. And uh, we went there, and I think I was like 45 pounds. And it's like a 12 to 14K hike. And I was so heavy and had so much crap. And it, it was just so much fun. I had no idea what was going on. I had no idea how to prep or anything. And on our way down from that trip, we ran into this old guy. He must have been like 65 and he was walking the trail to go to Pinto solo. And he, he must have had like 60 pounds on his back. And this guy was like 150 pounds soaking wet with rocks in his pocket. So I, I got thinking, I'm like, man, there has to be a better way. There has to be a better way to all this. And then we just started backpacking from there and I got hooked on, on getting lighter. And that's really where, where all this started. And, uh, then I roped you into backpacking and then we started backpacking and fishing. Yeah. And then because our backpacking se uh, season in Alberta is so short, it's really only two or three months. When fall came around, uh, you started hunting and I just tagged along and started hiking the bush with you. Then all of a sudden picked up a rifle and uh, bought a tag and now apparently I'm a hunter. <laughs> um, so it rolled into that and uh, yeah, now it's just uh, a year long thing. So that's that's kind of where that all came from. Awesome. Is there anything? So is 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 backpacking your your pinnacle? I guess is that what you're trying to um, develop the most? Yeah, backpacking <clears throat> is my focus. Uh, not that I don't like fishing and hunting and this and that. It's just backpacking is my focus. Like I said, when when I start backpacking, actually, I'll, I'll get into a bit of a story here. On the first backpacking trip. I was talking to our buddy there and I was like, okay, you know, what do I pack? What do I do? And he's like, oh no, just, just pack some stuff. You know, you need some clothes, you need some food, you need some shelter and, and a sleeping bag and you're good. And I was sitting there going like, I need more information. I need more. We're going into the woods untethered. I need some kind of safety line. And buddy there was just not forthcoming, forth, forthcoming with any information. And I was just like, well, I don't know what I'm getting into. And then when we came back from that, I was like, oh, 
I really would have done things differently. So I started buying gear and making gear and researching on the internet, which if you go into that rabbit hole, there's no coming back. There's so much information out there. It's hard, hard to figure out where to start. So after, I don't know, I would say about four seasons, five seasons, uh, I started to figure out that I kind of had a pretty good hold on this. So when you guys started backpacking, you guys went through the same thing that I did. You didn't know what was going on. You didn't know where to look. And you guys are coming to me for information. And I figured, why not put out a resource for everyone to, to benefit from, to a good starting point so that you don't have to spend the hundreds of dollars that I've wasted, etc. So long story short, backpacking is my focus. It is my pinnacle. It's what I put ahead of the others. And it's really what I like to, to boast as, as my outdoor hobby. Hmm. Yeah, it's funny you say that because like really, really the experience was mirrored, right? Because by the time I went on my first trip, I had a 50 pound pack and you know, you had already taken your steps on the ultralight bandwagon. So you were our Yoda um for that so i mean <laughs> <laughs> nice I, I i've never been referred to as yoda before so i'm, I'm definitely gonna put this on my resume <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny it's funny to see it, when you look back with just a gigantic pack and hiking a your your biggest bowie knife into the back country and oh i remember that first <laughs> trip both you and Ryer there had a eight inch steel knife and I had like a little Swiss army pen knife. Yeah. You guys are like, what if, what if there's a bear and what if I got to chop down a tree with this yeah. knife and you, you just couldn't figure it out. And then yeah. once we got halfway up to where we were going, you went, Oh man, I did not need half of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well have been carrying a wagon behind you. All the shit we were bringing. Well, it, and that's, and sorry to, to get off topic here, that, that's what I don't get. So many people love backpacking and love getting off the beaten track and to get to these places that, you know, only a, hand a handful of people see every year. Why not do it enjoyably? Why not do it as light as you can so you can hike further with less strain and, and just make it easy? So that's been... That's been my professional development over the last, I guess, seven years from when I started. Yeah, I hear you, man. Like, it's kind of sort of the attractive thing is is uh, going to these spots that really, um, for sure, people have been before. But, you know, if you go to a spot that you can only get by hiking a day and a half, you know, there's no roads, there's nothing. You know, that's being, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of in a secret club, right? You're the only, you're part of the, the few that made it into these into these secret little spots so it's kind of like a little adventurers guild if you will yeah yeah we should make a secret handshake actually yeah <laughs> it's kind of funny uh one one thing we always say is that if it was easy everybody would do it yeah. so the fact that it's it's not easy and it's a little hard kind of makes it a little bit more enjoyable yeah yeah and you know you get a little resentful when you hear the choppers whizzing past I'm not going to lie, one year I took a chopper in, and it was lots of fun. I think we flew in, like, you know, 60 beer or two. And it, it, as fun as it was to have all that beer and those luxuries in the backwoods, it almost took away from it a little bit. Yeah, I think I think you could play both sides, right? You know, it's, it's, it's the same argument with car camping over backpack camping, right? You get all these luxuries, 
um, in the beautiful scenery stuff, right? So, so there's that advantage of it too. But, you know, you remember that one year we went into landslide and we had like a grueling 16 hour hike into the lake. And, uh, the following day, the buddy came in with their helicopter, right? And so, you know, we, ex we go through stages, right? It's like, oh man, those guys are cheating coming all the way up here. We had to bust our ass, you know, carrying all our shit up to the top of the mountain. But you know that it's almost like, oh yeah, we, we did it. We did it the proper way. Right. So it's fun on both sides. Yeah. I, I think there's points for both. And, uh, just to make clear, uh, although I'm a very good backpacker, I am a terrible car camper. <laughs> I remember we, we took, a the the ladies out for a, a trip the one year car camping and uh you know i'm so used to refining my pack and prepping for the, our backpacking trips i missed the mark on this car camp like i forgot our pillows i i, I pretty much prepped for a backpacking trip and thank god bill was here you know he had luxury meals and booze and setups and oh like i am a terrible car camper but I'm, I, I like to think I'm a decent backpacker, so it, it's funny how that works. You get you get a little bit of brainwashed one way or another. <laughs> For sure, yeah. It's funny, it's, it's funny to see, yeah. The, the, the car camping, to me it seems like that, that's got to be the, the easier, easier thing. So it's funny to see it like a fish out of water there. Um, all right, yeah, so it's your turn now, man. Uh, let's hear your horror stories. Oh, man. Um... I don't want to start with the horror stories because I don't want people to just shut off and tune out. But uh, uh, one of my favorite moments, which, like you said, uh, the best moments always come with the highs and the lows. Um, if it was easy, everyone would do it, and it, it would kind of take away a little bit from it. So I remember when we did Landslide Lake for the first time. Um, we're going up, and uh, with Landslide, you walk through this burn zone up a grueling hike. And... Uh, um, when we're going up, you know, we're kind of half lost and kind of figuring our way up. And then all of a sudden we just make it to the top of this and we start cresting this mountain and it's just a gorgeous scenery, just, just absolutely postcard-esque. And then we get going and there's an entire patch of snow and we're talking, this is what Canada day weekend. So July 1st, yeah, July, yeah, yeah, July 1st. And there's goddamn snow up there. <laughs> And uh, I was kind of getting a little bit worried. And I was like, wow, we can, you know, walk that extra kilometer around the snow path or, or go through it. And I look over, Bill just starts going through it. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? Like, is this guy nuts? And, you know, I start walking along with him. I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun, snow in, in July. And all of a sudden, we start sinking up to our waist. And I'm ahead of Bill, and we're, we're just sunk, and we're just post-holing the snow. And I look back, and... Bill's just got this pole up in the air and he's selling. He's like, yeah, this is sweet. So that was probably one of the, the highlights of all of my trips was trekking that snow in July and just just turning something that could have sucked into something just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of opportunities in this uh, sport, I guess, for it to suck. You know, it, like the, the same trip you're talking about that we're, you know, swimming through the snow, you got literally the worst sunburn i've ever seen in my life oh man okay i was gonna say that was my next horror story <laughs> so to to lead into that um we're walking through a burn zone so we're exposed the whole way and 
being an idiot and a little bit unexperienced at the time, I was like, well, I don't want to slather up with a whole bunch of bug spray and sunscreen and this and that because I don't want to sweat it all out in my sleeping bag. So I just put on a little bit here and there and, oh man, did I get burnt. I was tomato red. And when we spent, what, two nights there? So it was three days. When we were hiking out on the third day, my scalp and my head and my neck hurt so bad, I had to steal Bill's bandana to get the sun off my face and that. And when we got in, I had a permanent tan for, what was it, like six months for my shirt line? Yeah, I thought I thought you were permanently scarred, man. That was... Yeah, and right. I, sh- I shed, my, my skin peeled two layers on my scalp, my forehead, my forearms, my neck. It was brutal. I thought you were molting. Yeah, it, it, was, snake. <laughs> it, was, it was snake as. <laughs> oh. But uh, again, a, a couple really big highs came out of that one. Uh, I caught two fish on that trip. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of, so I pulled the f- first fish out, and then the second one, we were fishing uh, later on that night, and we were ready to quit and call, uh, go in, and I was like, hey, hey, Bill, give me your rod. And I grabbed your fly rod, did about two casts after you've been fishing that same spot for a half hour, and I pulled out another trout <laughs> you were so mad yeah, i didn't want to be friends anymore <laughs> to, be, to be honest with you <laughs> so that, if, if we weren't a day and a half into the mountains i would have left so. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was a pretty big high especially after the previous year where you pulled out all the fish at all so yeah. so that was pretty good but uh what I, what i don't like to advertise to people is how i got that fish hook caught in my finger yeah just just that previous day uh, I was tying a, a fly hook onto my line and it slipped and it absolutely embedded it into my finger. And uh, I like to think I was pretty calm about it. But when I called you over, <laughs> that's when you kind of lost it a little bit. <laughs> oh my God, there's a fish hook in your finger. <laughs> oh, what are we going to do? So we, we got through that one pretty easy. Yeah, it's funny. Like it, you before you go on your trip, right? You had you do all your your uh, planning and all the, your emergency gear you're gonna gonna bring, and you try and have a bit of forethought. So you're gonna you're gonna leave a, a trip plan with your family, so you know just in case or whatever. And you you uh, you have some like plan to mitigate if you can't start a fire. You got emergency matches, but you never really think about getting a fly jammed straight through your finger so here we are at the top of the mountain with you know your altoid tin survival kit i'm like huh, how how are we gonna manage this out of you but yeah so moral of the story a lake is very cold for freezing and numbing <laughs> yeah. uh duct tape works really good as a bandage and don't freak out <laughs> yeah yeah you know i like to think like if we if maybe if on one of our trips or even the very first of our trips if if uh if all the shit that went wrong on any one of our trips happened like simultaneously or even you know concentrated first out of the gate if we'd ever come back to it right because we've you know we've been freezing our ass off on the mountain we've been stuck with a finger in your hook we've been eaten alive by bugs sunburnt to death yeah uh there's but, at, you know, almost run out of water. Yeah. Boy, that was a good one at Michelle's. Cool. Yeah. Um, but really, at the end of the day, it's it's these mistakes. They're, they're just chances to learn, you know? Now I'm confident that if we ran into any of this stuff, we could deal with it without batting an eye. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, it is also a chance to die on the fucking mountain, but... <laughs> yeah, that's one way to look at it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that, that's why you gotta do your homework and go with someone that knows what's going on before uh, yeah. before you go out there on your own, right? Yeah, one, one disaster per trip seems to be about the sweet spot. Oh. Yeah, exactly. You know what, if, uh, if we didn't screw up... Uh, uh, maybe I'd be a guide. Who knows? <laughs> Learning is half the fun. So uh, get out there and make mistakes. Awesome. Well, I think we uh, went on a bit of a tangent there, but uh, so tell me about some of your aspirations, like particularly for like the site and and what we're building here. Okay. Uh, I guess I came into this after you kind of developed the site and everything because I was trying to get my own blog and that going just because. I was trying to get the information that I learned out there to people. Like I said, I spent a lot of money, you know, getting gear that I really didn't need. I could have streamlined it to 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 be purposeful and, and other things. So I really just want to get a resource out there that people can use, can save money, save time, and really be confident in their gear choices. Because I'm, I'm kind of skeptical of all these, these big companies. You know, they're just marketing to try to get you to sell their newest gadget and this and that when really... What is it do you need? Well, until you start backpacking, until you get a finger or a hook caught in your finger, until you get eaten alive by bugs or sunburnt to death, you don't know what you need. So let's share our mistakes so that everybody can kind of get better, be a little bit safer and, and really enjoy backpacking rather than having a bad experience and getting turned off. Yeah, it's fun. You're, you're right because it's one of those things where like if you're if you're gung-ho for it and you want to get all your kit and pick up as much stuff as you can you're really doing yourself a disservice right because now you're loaded to the tits with gear and uh you got no money left in your wallet for sure yeah yeah stuff ain't cheap so and uh yeah it's the weight is really the biggest thing well i'm starting to learn that volume is almost just important as weight because once you start getting really light then you start dealing with space and if you can d pare down space, you can pare down weight. So it's uh, we'll get into that in some of our other posts and this and that. But yeah, there's so much more than just, oh, buy my new MSR or North Face gear. <clears throat> Not that that's bad gear. It's just I'm a little jaded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So uh, what are you working on? What's coming up? Um, well, right now I'm kind of working on my uh, last two posts on uh, the big four. Um, so you'll notice that most of my stuff that goes on the blog or probably comes to the podcast are pretty technical backpacking stuff. Um, that's most of my forte. Probably try to stick to it as much as I can or, or do some beginner posts on you know hunting and fishing uh, kind of thing. But most of my stuff will be technical backpacking articles and uh, hopefully trip reports and uh, just insights into to how to do stuff right. So that's kind of where I'm leaning to these days. Yeah, I like it. Well, I guess it's that time of the year, good time to ask, I guess. So if you want to, is there, is there something you want to get into or something you want to, uh, you have any big goals for 2016 or something you want to, some outdoorsy thing that you haven't tried before or is on your list? Uh. I, I don't know. Uh, that's a that's a really good question. Uh, 2016 is going to be a big year for me because uh, this summer I'm getting married. Um, so 
unfortunately most of my vacation is going to that <laughs> yeah i gotta say man it's really eating into our backpacking schedule <laughs> yeah i tried to tell the missus that i tried to <laughs> try to roll our wedding into a backpacking trip but uh, that was not exactly received well yeah. um so uh, the big goals for 2016 are just going to be to do a whole bunch of small trips, kind of get out there for a weekend, spend one night, two nights in the bush, and, and get back to town. Kind of weekend warrior, but just, just do it as frequently as I can. So maybe do a few more hikes in the park um, and, and just try to explore more, I guess. That, that's my big goals. So Yeah, that, I, I like it, man. Yeah, yeah guys just got to get out there and get the miles on the boots. Uh, I know uh, I've been building some DIY gear here this winter, and i uh, got to get out and field test it, so stay tuned for some of our reviews and some of our how-tos. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. More vo more volume for getting out there is, is a lofty goal, but I like it. So. <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't be too bad. shouldn't be too bad. Uh, yeah. How about you? You got any big trips planned this year? Are you hoping to get anything off your bucket list? Uh, well, we haven't done too much of like the cold weather stuff, which, you know, you mentioned before, like our backpacking season's so short, um, that I really wish we would capitalize more on, you know, when it's cold as shit out here, which seems to be most of the time. Right. So, you know, maybe some snowshoeing or cross country skiing, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I'd really like to try some snowshoeing and, uh, cross country skiing, uh, is perfect cross training for, uh, my triathlon. Right. So uh, I, I definitely want to try some of that. And uh, I'm a big snowboarder, so I'm going to be going out a, a handful of times this year. I'm going to have to drag you out as well. Yeah, show me some, another something. Get me into another, something else I can spend my money on. So. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's no shortage <laughs> of that. You know, one day I'd like to start winter camping and uh, mountaineering and climbing real mountains and, you know, that kind of thing. But Quick the child's play. Yeah, exactly. Step up to the big leagues. <laughs> Um, I feel though that uh, I'm a little terrified of freezing to death in in the wilderness, so I'm definitely gonna have to go into that nice and nice and calm, nice and slow, rather than just hike out to the middle of nowhere and set up a tent and hope hope to live. Yeah, yeah, that that uh, that sounds fair. <laughs> it's like when we were freezing on uh, up in Michelle's there, and I'm wandering around. We finally got. To the top and i want to go look at shit and ken's worried about all right we need to get our packs dry we need to warm up here or we're not going to survive the night <laughs> yeah yeah so i think it's good i think it's good to have that guy in your camp so yeah maybe i'm a little cautious every now and again but uh uh remember you weren't the one that was soaking wet on that trip <laughs> for sure or had his rain gear blow off which that was another member of our party oh yeah yeah <laughs> So, uh, I think you were in good shape in yeah, comparison to others. Yeah, I was doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely, definitely didn't have to complain, so. Yeah. Yeah, cool, man. That's, uh, that's really all I want to get into. I'd like to write a bit more about, uh, I'm really interested in, like, the, the cooking and the processing. Um, I don't see, I don't see too many people talking about that sort of stuff, you know? It seems like wild game processing and and cooking is kind of like uh, a forbidden lust like all these guys who actually process game and this and that treat their recipes or their knowledge kind of like their hunting spot don't don't tell anybody don't even allude to knowing <clears throat> you do it and 
it kind of keeps people back. Like no one's getting better at it. I don't know. At work the other day, a guy came around with some some venison pepperoni. He's like, oh, you know, you want some venison pepperoni? You know, I shot it this year. Uh, I'm like, sure, I'll try some. And it was terrible. You know, and the guy was so pumped about it, which fair enough, awesome. He went out and he made it and this and that. But talk to somebody. Try to get better at what you're doing because I couldn't even eat it. Yeah. I, I couldn't eat it. It was it was that bad. Yeah, and I, like that's I don't think that's a unique story, man. People people say that all the time. You know, one of the surprising things I found too is uh, I go out hunting with a group of guys that are they've been doing it forever and they're experienced and you know there's more than one generation of them going at it, and you know every year they're you know they're successful in in one sense or the other and you know they're taking their meat to the butcher. I found that so surprising from a group of people that are normally a do-it-yourself kind of thing they want to get their hands on it so it's really surprising that people just kind of write off the whole process yeah I, I couldn't believe it and i don't know maybe i'm just cheap but getting your animal processed somewhere is one pretty expensive and two you kind of don't know the conditions that, it, that it's happening in and I, I, you know everyone's heard that horror story and this and that but i i don't like to waste an animal that we harvest or anything so i I naturally go to doing it ourselves and, and making sure that we use every part of the buffalo, you know, <laughs> kind of get back to traditional means. So, yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to those those posts and that that you bring up. Uh, by the way, Bill makes the best deer jerky I've had in my life. <laughs> it is better than beef jerky I've had. Uh, we, we went on a hunting trip a couple years ago and I lived off this stuff. Yeah. Lived off it. It was phenomenal. So we got to shoot something so you can make some more. Yeah, if only we had some deer, right? <laughs> yeah, those those tricky deer. If we were as good at hunting as we were at making jerky, you'd be watching us instead of Steve Rinella. Yeah, yeah. Is that his name, Steve Rinella? Steve Rinella, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, yeah, and, you know, Steve Rinella or literally any other hunting show, you know, you see them uh, shoot a big animal or a game animal or anything, and everyone says the exact same thing, right? It's now the work starts, right? So for me, it kind of seems like, yeah, that's that's where you should put your efforts in, get really good at it. But it's kind of moot if uh, you don't focus on hunting. So Yeah, I guess you kind of got to shoot something first, and yeah. uh, and then you're able to, <laughs> to, to put the work in. So. Yeah. So. yeah but I, I love Steve Rinella's show, though. He's, he's pretty good, though. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't think anyone don't, doesn't like it. It's, uh, it's an awesome time to be, you know, consuming media and television and that kind of stuff just the the work and the production value that they're they're putting into it is phenomenal really it's really entertaining to see yeah uh, uh i believe steve Rinell called you a hipster on twitter the other day is <laughs> yeah. that true yeah that's like literally the worst day of my life <laughs> oh man i can't even remember oh he's uh I, I'm convinced it was his social managers, but yeah, they weren't. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of a bickering on ketchup versus sriracha. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. And he said that sriracha is hipster ketchup. Right. And uh, now your friend's off. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're, we're not on speaking terms anymore. Oh. So. <laughs> yeah, he's not getting your Christmas card that uh, probably get filed in the garbage anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. If you want to pledge your allegiance to the sriracha army uh, you can do that as well so <laughs> yeah so uh I, I guess this is kind of wrapping up our first inaugural uh, podcast uh 
kind of let us know how we did. Uh, if you like it, leave a comment. If you didn't like it, uh, please leave a tasteful comment. Uh, we've already been uh, beat up on Reddit a few times, uh, which is kind of hilarious. Uh, we're going to have to do a, a session one of these days where we read mean Twitter comments mean or Twitter. something. Yeah, yeah, I think we've already got a bit of ammunition for that. So. Oh, yeah. So Certainly no shortage of uh, criticism yeah uh, on the scale of constructiveness but but we're getting better so that's all that matters kind of like our backpacking yeah so if you want to connect with us uh we're at pratt outdoors on twitter and instagram uh check out our blog for more content and posts at www.prattoutdoors.com and are there any others bill no that's good um thanks man this has been a lot of fun turned out pretty good for pulling out of your ass, I guess. So Yeah, if, uh, if you want to support the blog and kind of like what we do, uh, don't be afraid to click on our Amazon link on uh, the, the site. Um, it, we get a, a couple cents from every purchase you would you would have made on Amazon anyway, and uh, it's kind of a way to, to, to support us for putting out this content if you like it. Also, uh, support Like Grandpa. Uh, it's a pretty cool little local company here in Edmonton that uh, is putting out... Uh, I guess a product that's kind of been overlooked for years. Uh, I know I use it. I use it quite frequently and I enjoy it. And uh, Bill, I think you've used it a few times as well. Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, I, I, I got to say, never never really broached my consciousness to, to use a product like this. But now that I have, uh, not really looking back. So for sure, um, like them, I think it's at like grandpa, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that. So give them, a, give them your support as well. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you all for tuning in, and uh, we'll probably be doing this every other week. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Right on. Have a good one, guys. Play safe. <laughs>